welcome to this episode of the Cycling Industry News Podcast, brought to you in association with Zyro Fisher. I'm with Niels Booth from bikefitting.com. Um, Niels, can you give me an overview of how the bikefitting.com system works? Yeah, of course I can. Uh, first of all, thanks a lot for the invite and for the, uh, for the opportunity to, uh, to have, a, have a chat with you about our products. Um, yeah, our system works uh, in different modules. So we have the basics consisting of two different static tools. Static meaning that it measures a person statically, so body dimensions whilst they're standing, not pedaling. So that's the, the static fitting and the, and the quick fit. Uh, static fitting takes around eight minutes and it takes uh, eight body dimensions. And from those eight body dimensions, our algorithm calculates the optimal bike position for road bike, mountain bike, e-bike, city bike, you name it. And the quick fit takes only two body dimensions in roughly two minutes, one to two minutes. And that's more aimed at uh, bikes costing 1,000, 1,500 uh, euros or pounds. So more city bikes, e-bikes, that kind of stuff. Um, so that's for the bike setup. And then we have two tools to uh, kind of determine the optimal setup for contact points, saddle and shoe pleats. So we have a saddle selector, which measures, but we'll come to that a bit later, which measures your sit bone width. And then with a web application, um, it generates a suggestion for the optimal saddle. And the shoe cleat adjuster is a tool to find two points on each foot, the metatarsal, so those are joints in your, uh, in your feet. And based on the location of those two joints, uh, we calculate or suggest the optimal place for uh, for shoe cleats. Those are the basics. Um, then we have uh, a motion capture system. So a 3D motion analyzer based on a measurement of uh, point in space of LEDs, so LEDs based on the cyclist. It gives uh, body angles and based on those body angles the bike fitter can, uh, can adjust the bike. And we have a pedaling analysis tool built into a position simulator. Position simulator means that you can replicate whatever position you want to replicate, cycling position, onto that bike. Uh, and then simulate the, the, the riding position of the rider, uh, visually observe how they are riding. And what it also does is that it measures with a very advanced power meter the pedal stroke of the rider. Finally, we have a tool to um, copy the position that the fitter has obtained at the end of the process onto the real bike of the customer, uh, which is called an XY uh, bike adjuster. And then kind of the circle is closed. So that, that's our product lineup. And you mentioned about the new saddle selector, um, yep. and you're showing it on your booth at Icebike. Um, yep. Can you talk everyone through how, how that works and the process behind that? Um, so it's based on two strain gauges, which is the same kind of technology that's in a power meter. It's those are um, there's two two of those gauges uh, under each force plate, two force plates on the saddle selector. So based on the pressure uh, distribution on each gauge, it will determine the distance from the center to uh, each uh, uh, sit bone or buttock. You add those two up and then you get uh, two average points of pressure and the distance between them. Based on that, we can determine the optimal saddle width. 
Um, the tool comes with a web application, so in that web application you enter some details about riding style, type of bike that the saddle will be mounted on, uh, whether the rider is feeling numbness, so whether he or she needs an anatomic saddle, a uh, couple of price range, um, and based on those uh, uh, things together with flexibility, we give an advice on which shape of saddle to choose and which type and which width, etc. And how can independent bike shops implement this into their own services? Um, and what are the benefits for IBDs that do this? Um, well, how can they implement this into their services? It's uh, Step one is uh, purchase our equipment and uh, activate your license, I guess. Uh, make space in your shop. Have somebody in the shop who is uh, capable and... Uh, willing to do this, uh, somebody who is trained to do this, um, and then incorporate it into your sales process. I think that's the main thing. Um, we see the shops that are successful, for them it's kind of a natural step within the sales process of a bike to do a bike fit. Like it's, They talk about the benefits of the bike, they talk about, uh, yeah, they, they try to listen to their customer, what kind of bike are you looking for, what what are you going to use it for? Have you do you ride a lot, etc.? And then, as an inevitable step in the process of selling a bike, comes a bike fit to determine the correct size. Um, the benefit is that they will sell the correct size and have a happy customer that comes back for more stuff. Um, they, they, they. It's, it's, it's the best way to build a relationship with the customer. So, if you give a good advice, if you give a neutral advice, if you give um, a reliable um, advice to a customer um, he or she will come back to your shop and I think that's the main thing and in recent tough times for retail and the high street with uh, shop closures and, and people maybe moving to looking online for purchases how do you think um, service is something that can help retailers to stay afloat and in some cases actually thrive than where they were before um, well it's quite simple in in cycling industry I think if you look at online brands or online shops um, on price a, a shop in the high street is not going to comp compete with them that's very simple they need to pay rent they need to pay employees they need to pay electricity much more than an online shop or much more than an online retailer uh, if you look at the quality of some some online brands it's really high so that's that's a difficult battle you're probably not going to win um, so then the only other thing is to make sure that you are offering something which um, which an online retailer cannot offer and that's service so uh, an online retailer cannot tell you uh, this is your correct size and I think you should be riding this saddle instead of that one uh, our tools help uh, bike dealers to be that neutral trusted advisor so uh, I think this is basically the only way for them to survive. It's not even about thriving. I think yeah, a shop that only tries to compete or tries to offer uh, price as a USP is not going to survive in the long run. And um, how have the dealers that you worked with who have integrated this bike fitting service into what they do, um, how have they responded or what feedback have you got from them? And have they seen a repeat in, in customers returning to them? Uh, yes, for sure. 
I think what they tell us is that the customers, they tell us some stories about people that come for a bike fit uh, that have had trouble to find the right bike or to find the right setup, have had issues due to that. Uh, the ones uh, or the customers where they were able to help are have become their best ambassadors. So I think, yeah, that's something that, that's really, uh, uh, yeah, that's the kind of story we hear quite often. And um, do you see a shift towards a more service-focused model then um, for retailers in the cycling industry? Um, bricks and mortar shops starting to take, um, you know, leaving the majority of their sales to perhaps those online e-commerce or click-and-collect models, but having that service element as something that defines them? Uh, frankly, I would like to see it more because I, I think some shops are still not realizing that what they have been doing for the past whatever 10 20 30 years uh, they seem to be kind of closing their eyes for what's coming and they try to continue what they've been doing forever um, uh, so I don't I see that shift in some shops but not in all of them some some just keep go keep doing what they've been doing uh, but and I guess that's anecdotal evidence but I've I've been to a few shops in the last couple of weeks and uh, in the Netherlands, but I think the story is the same in the UK. And they all told me the same story, like, yeah, well, this year I hardly sold any bikes, but my workshop is extremely busy and um, I'm busy providing a service rather than selling selling bikes. I sell components, I sell accessories, I s uh, sell wear-out parts, but it seems like the big shops are taking bike sales. Um, so, so I think the good ones are shifting their focus towards a more service-oriented uh, uh, way of, of doing business. Um, and those are the ones that will survive. And those are also the ones that still sell bikes, by the way. Because I think at the end of the day, if you do a good bike fit for a customer and he's happy with the outcome, he's not going to go online to buy that bike. He's not going to take those measurements and, 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 and use it to buy the correct sized bike online he's going to use it to buy the bike at the guy that gave him the advice which is in this case the shop and he's going to return to that shop to service the bike and to purchase some other stuff that he needs so I think really uh, yeah I hope shops realize and I, I see they start to realize more and more that um, that s providing a service like bike fitting or a good workshop is the only way to survive I see bike fitting a bit also like a good workshop because if you have one or two good guys standing in your workshop in a clean, nicely organized workshop with good tools, doing a good job, like one or two guys that you can really hand your bike to and say, okay, fix it, and you know it's going to be fixed and you know it's going to ride in a nice way again, I think that's another way to, um, uh, to stay afloat for a shop. But... Uh, bike fitting for sure as well so what advice would you give to a bike shop who's perhaps thinking about um, integrating a bike fitting service into what they do how would they go about that as sort of a, a few step process um, yeah I just had a meeting with a with a shop that did uh, pretty much what I would advise which is go step by step so they started kind of small they started with uh, our static system so that's a system that's going to cost 
uh, a, a bike dealer uh, a bit over 1,000 pounds. And that's a, an it's an investment, but it's a relatively small investment, and then they pay a license fee of uh, uh, 375 pounds per year, and then they're good to go for the first year. It's an investment you will for sure uh, get back, and it's a nice step into bike fitting. Then, if this works after a year, and if you see that it helps your business, you can always go for a next step. But actually, we we prefer that people go start small and then grow bigger rather than go big right away uh, fill because you uh, you've taken a step too big and then not have uh, not be uh, not be a successful dealer anymore so i think um, uh, the main advice is start small and then grow bigger and the other advice is make sure that you integrate it in your sales process and make sure that the bike fitting itself also has a process because that's maybe one point i didn't mention so far but what we see is that the ones that are successful have a strong process not just the self sales process but also for for the bike fitting itself they know okay this is my first step i do an intake with this client with this person wanting to buy a bike or this person wanting to do a bike fit then comes step two, which is the measurements. I do my uh, uh, all, all the measurements I need to take. I discuss them with the customer. I uh, adjust the bike. I give them a report, and then I follow up. And whether you use our very basic stuff or our most advanced stuff, the process in itself, like the skeleton of the process, is always going to be the same. In some cases, it might t take longer. In some cases, it might take shorter. But it's essential that you have a process. So, um, yeah, the advice is start small, go big, make it part of your sales process, and have a process for the fit itself. I think if they would stick to that, we would be uh, perfectly happy, uh, happy company.